think I'm recording it. Yes, I am. Go. Hi, Jen. Maureen, hello. And here we are once more, zooming our way through this podcast. I think it's fair to say um, that the sound quality, in some ways, may have even got better. <laughs> now that we are doing this through. <laughs> I was speaking to a few people and they were saying the trouble is um, if you don't have if you don't if you don't both have a mic where you are then it's quite uh -huh. difficult to make the quality of your podcast be the same as it was before, you know prior and I thought to myself unless you don't use a mic <laughs> and you randomly hope that the sound will just in a way that is vaguely audible to your listeners, uh, then if anything, this may actually be better, Maureen. Weirdly. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not. I'm not sure. But one thing. One thing is uh, uh, certain. It's certainly not worse. <laughs> I don't think the quality of the podcast has gone down because we aren't in the same room. And I don't know yeah, what that's the main issue with the podcast, Jen. Huh? Uh, I think that main issue with the podcast is the sound. I don't think that's the main thing we have to worry about. I do, I do think um, <laughs> that the quality of the podcast isn't helped by the production values, Maureen. <laughs> I didn't know we had any. Exactly, we have none. I'm actually just amazed anyone's listening to this. Look, let's not... We say this every time, but thank you guys for listening. Let's not keep boinging on about how dreadful this podcast is, and let's get to the nitty-gritty. We're still on Outlander, Maureen. We're season five. We are. How are you finding it, Jen? Well, we are on episodes five and six, I believe. Yep. And it's fair to say I've lost the will to live. So, <laughs> at, at one point, I think last week you said, "Oh, it picks up." Yes, yeah, episode seven is brilliant. Oh, episode seven. I'm not on that yet. Certainly no, that is a great episode. Episodes, because I'm six episodes in, and literally nothing has picked up. If anything, it slowed down. I think at one point I may have stopped breathing. I was so bored. I think the only thing that kept me going was that I started breathing again and that woke me up. Um, <laughs> it is unbelievably dull, but let's go through it. Let's go through it, Maureen, because that's what this stupid podcast is about. Well, at the beginning, and I have to say, I did switch off at this point. You got Claire going on about time. Were you listening to what she was saying? Oh, I mean, just some whimsical witterings about time. When time... <laughs> I can't even remember what she said. But she was wanging on about, does time remember? Is, is, time, is time a friend? Is, it, does, does time bring <laughs> memories? Maybe, maybe time is really something bad, but, but memories are good, but memories are also evil. Oh, shut up! <laughs> I mean... Let's be honest, she didn't say any of those things, but it, it sounded like that. <laughs> Do you yeah, remember you gave, said? It gave you a chance to see Claire a la 1960, so she's back with her big hair in the 1960s. If anything, she looked older in the 60s than she does <laughs> 15 years later <laughs> in the 18th century. Just I don't know why. Apparently they, they did this to, to remind you that she, they time travel, but... We kind of know that anyway. She's making penicillin, for God's sake. That's a bit of a clue, isn't it? I don't know what the point was. Basically, basically there's a, a, 
a side story line of a Scottish patient that reminds her, what, presumably of Jamie? Yeah, he looks nothing like Jamie. No, no, but like he has, he's after that kind of Scottish, in inverted commas, personality. All these Scottish men with whimsical ideas about women. I mean, I've not met a single Scottish man that spends his time talking romantically about the woman and he's like, I, well, if I couldn't live without my wife, I then, I'm like, I, it's where this. I mean, well, you supported Frankie Boyle. Didn't he, didn't he do that all the time backstage? Oh, Frankie Boyle was constantly in a state of whimsy, as you can imagine. <laughs> right. Honestly, I just... It, I... So, she meet, so there's a chap that she's treating, we find out, in the 60s. It was in the 60s, isn't it, Maureen? Yeah, and yeah, and he dies. But um, he has some problem with his colon and... He's given penicillin and he, he dies. Even though he's tested for penicillin and he doesn't, he appears not to be allergic to it. It's a false positive. A, it's a false positive. And apparently these are like 20% of all patients can exhibit these false positives, which 20% seem very high to me. And he died. And she's really affected by this. And we see her in a church, don't we, Maureen? Yes. Talking to a adoration is the title. And then this apparently is what... Um, is the catalyst for her to go to England, sorry, to Scotland, the UK, where she obviously starts searching for Jamie. But it's like, but that happened in season three. So why are we finding out about it now? Do you know what I mean? Again, it's another case of She's going to London. She doesn't mention Scotland. Yeah, that, but that's when they find out, when in London they find out about Reverend Wakeful dying and then she goes up to Scotland. Oh, that's... So it's, it's, it's all, but you think, but the... Fucking hell, who cares? Sorry, I'm, I might swear a lot in this episode if you are listening to this episode near children, don't. I, I think it's a mixture of frustration that I'm still watching Outlander, that I'm stuck in a house with two five-year-olds, that I, prior to this was ill for a very long time, and I, I just can't, I can't, I'm just not coping. I don't know if, I don't know if you're picking up that vibe, Maureen. No, but you're hiding it really well, as you usually do. Thanks. Um, I appreciate that. And also, if our listeners could see her, Jen's face, she's got to go. <laughs> my face is in face my in hands. hands. And, just um, looking like, kill me now. <laughs> right, let's just zip through this and let's make this, let's make this uh, uh, short podcast as short as possible, for heaven's sake. Right, so. Look, oh, okay. So the big thing is. Um, let's, get back to, let's get back to the past. Yes, we're back in the past. Jamie's Jamie's in town. I can't remember which one, and he's up. With, he's with his good mate, Lieutenant Knox, Lieutenant Knox, I should say, because I'm British. And uh, and then he finds out that Knox has got a clever, cunning plan to find out who might be hiding Murta. He's asked for the prison rolls from Ardsmoor to find out who Murta was in prison with. Yeah, but that doesn't happen till the end, does it? Surely we've got some. No, stuff no, but he's got, he's, got, he's got to set it going. That happens at the, set up at the beginning, and then oh, that set up at the beginning. Oh, is it? Oh God! Yeah, that's, that's kind of script writing. Yes, no, it makes sense. So they set that up, and then it's yeah, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> nobody would know why he's killing him. <laughs> if people don't know who Lieutenant Knox is, let's just quickly remind them because I, if you said Lieutenant Knox to me, I've seen it and I don't remember who he is. Just remind. He's the guy with black hair who's 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 kind of been. Well, I mean, there's murder with Jamie. Not watching Outlander, but they're, just, they're not they're not watching the show. He's the he's the um the British the, the soldier. The soldier, yeah. And he's actually become, they become, him and, and, and Jamie become friends. Well, uh, 
fair, I mean, this Lieutenant Knox has got a hard on for Jamie in that sort of way that men do when they're like, you and I are the same. We're both soldiers. We're both men of principle. We're both men of honour and valour and all this kind of bullshit. And the whole time Jamie's nodding and drinking wine going, yeah, mate, but really um, that person you want to catch is, you know, like my uncle or something. Um, so uh, then what happens, Maureen, remind me. <laughs> I mean, like, literally, literally, we've got Claire in a church wanging on about the time. We've got Jamie talking to a soldier about murder. Murder again. We're still talking about flipping murder. Um, um, and then, then Claire is doing a tonsillitis with a homemade penicillin, isn't she? Oh, Claire, no, but let's not forget. Okay, out of nowhere, Claire's discovered penicillin. Just <laughs> with a bit of bread. She has a eureka moment. No one, no one knows what eureka means, but Claire, she's... <laughs> so she's having a eureka. She finds, uh, she tells Marsley, Marsley is beside herself. Marsley, she asks Marsley to look down a microscope and Marsley looks down the microscope and immediately recognises penicillin. No one questions that. I mean, if you ask me to look down a microscope and go, that's penicillin, I'll be like, I'll take your word for it, mate. I've got no idea. But apparently... Marsley knows what penicillin is. What is it? What is it? She says it looks like a duck swimming or something. Anyway, <laughs> penicillin apparently looks like uh, Chris Evans when he's having a flat white coffee. I don't know. It's there's a very specific look. Um, and she's grown it. Doing the front crawl. That's what penicillin looks like under a microscope. Marsley recognizes it instantly. She's very clever. In another world, in another life, of course we know that Marsley would be a surgeon. We've already given that vibe. <laughs> Sadly, the 18th century and uh, no luck for Marsley. Anyway, we have penicillin, Maureen. So, of course, those two young twins with tonsillitis and infectious things that would naturally, ordinarily kill them can be saved. Thanks, Thanks to Dr. Magic. Claire. Of Dr. Claire. <laughs> What's unbelievable about that? Nothing. There's absolutely <laughs> nothing unbelievable that Claire would be able to create penicillin on her own and, and administer it just in, the back in time. Of North Carolina. Just in the back end of North Carolina from a couple of loaves of bread <laughs> and would then be able to administer said penicillin just before these two young boys die. Anyway, it's all worked out very well. I mean, serendipity is literally ingrained in Claire's life. And then as for Roger and Brianna, uh, Roger finds the stone that Stephen Bonnet gave her, the gemstone. And they have a bit of an argument, understandably, because she's taken <sighs> the stone that you know he found out that Stephen Stephen Bennett Bennett Stephen yeah, Bonnet Steve Bennett from Chortle, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that villain. He's so proud. <laughs> oh dear. Okay, that's funny for comic. Uh, Steve Steve Bon Bonnet, so they have a bit of an argument, but then Claire. Claire kind of sorts it out and they go back and then they're all... And who cares? I mean, frankly, who gives a fuck? So, literally, he gets his knickers in the twist that she accepted a stone uh, because I think in her heart of hearts, she probably thinks he's the father. Yeah, that's, I think that's it. And that Roger's that's the vibe that. we got, is it? Is that deep down, Brianna doesn't think that um, Roger's the father. She actually thinks Stephen Bonnet's the father. So, yeah, so Roger's not that happy. Roger's not happy. He gets upset. Um, 
just as he's in a brooding moment, who should appear out of nowhere but Claire? <laughs> Where's Claire been, anyway? She's, she, I don't know, she couldn't sleep, so she's doing something. She's a very busy woman. In my head, I thought she'd gone back to Boston. So I was like, oh, she's just... It's really hard to follow. So when you're not really watching something, it's really hard to follow it sometimes. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, I, anyway, the end bit is... I mean, the end bit, you get a bit of action where um, Jamie kills somebody again. That's like the, it's like the second week in a row he's killed someone, isn't it? It's very cool, calm and collected. He's, he basically... <laughs> It, a psycho. It, Lieutenant Knox reveals that um, uh, he's going to be able to get hold of Mercer and kill him because he's and he's got the he's got the roles. That's what it is. And but you know what? It's roles after Culloden, and uh, Jamie wasn't in Ardsmore after Culloden. He was in a, he was in a cave as a debonet for seven years. So that's okay, a bit wrong. But anyway, they didn't worry about that continuity, and apparently Jamie Fraser's name would have been on that list. Anyway, so anyway, Knox uh, finds out that. He finds out that Jamie was in prison with him. Or no, Jamie tells him and then he realises that Did Jamie's... Did not know that Jamie's surname was Fraser? Yeah, but they've been calling him Murta Fitzgibbons. They didn't realise that Merton, it was Merton Fitzgibbons Fraser. They didn't realise that Murta was a Fraser. Oh, right. Oh, God. I mean, okay, fine. So, Fitzgibbons but they do, they do. Then he makes the connection and then he kills, he kills Knox. Yes. Um, you could have told Knox, gone. huh? You couldn't. You, you felt going to Knox. You're not. You haven't got long to live. As soon as you got those documents, I was like, mate. Yeah, we're just it. waiting to see. And of course, Knox, who'd had this hard on for Jamie, was really upset. You know, I thought you're an honourable man. I thought you were this. I thought you were that. And Jamie's like, I am an honourable man. What would you have done in my situation? I protect my family. Blah blah blah. And then apparently they have some sort of disagreement. You know how it is. And Jamie kills him. <laughs> very normal behavior we don't question it we don't think that seemed a bit harsh we're like sure he's dead and what does jamie say once he's murdered him i'm sorry i couldn't give you a soldier's death because really it's a moot point once you're dead i feel <laughs> my care factor about how i've died once i'm dead is fairly low because i am no longer alive but that's just me i'm out there i'm crazy um i, I i'm a maverick so that's Jamie then, Jamie then in quite a clever move starts a fire so they think they don't realise he's been murdered and then he manages to escape out of pub because there's no one standing outside a pub because late at night I mean it, you know when have you ever been seen people outside a pub late at night never <laughs> it's never but then most importantly of course uh, he's just murdered someone but he finds a cute little cat and I think that all people once they've probably committed murder they go oh nice little cat I know what, I'll take that home to the wife. Yes, that's the immediate. But it's just to remind us, isn't it? Jamie murdered someone, but he's, he's a good guy. Because he's got his heart in the right place. He's not in the right place. And look what a sweetheart he is. He's picked up a little Kit Kat, put it in his pocket and taken it home for Claire. Who seems very happy to see the pussycat. <laughs> well, how does this episode end? Because let's... With, can we just... with Claire getting the cat. Oh, good. So that episode's over. Thank <laughs> goodness. Right. We've gone through that. I mean, this, I feel like this whole podcast is quite difficult to listen to. <laughs> Do you not feel? I feel like it well, is. We can only work with the material we're given. I mean, to be fair. I know. I feel like the material is quite lame. <laughs> and 
look, I realise I'm not the most upbeat woman in the world. I know that, you know that. But I do feel like this more than ever is just me whinging. And I don't think people need that. They're stuck at home, we're all a little bit sort of anxious, maybe even slightly depressed. None of us know when the next, when we're going to be able to go back to work. And then what do you tune into? Just me. I'm on about how I don't enjoy a show. I mean, the obvious answer, Maureen, is that I should just stop watching it. <laughs> well, wait, wait for episode seven at least. Well, I really, I mean, if episode seven manages to vindicate the whole series, then we'll <laughs> But I have a feeling it won't, Maureen. Well, unfortunately, yeah. we're on episode, episode, on episode um, six. six. Is this episode better, six? Better, better to marry than burn, Jen. That's the name of the show, the episode. Better to marry than burn. Oh, but this is the one with the locusts. Yes, and we we also go back in time yet again. Really? To, we get Jocasta's backstory. I mean, this is filler, isn't it? Surely again, another example of filler. We get Jocasta's like backstory twice. Series is a filler. I think we could have gone from episode from series four to series six. Never had series <laughs> five, and we would have all no one would have noticed. We, no one would have noticed. Sorry, Maureen, I've interrupted you. So we, so th- so in, in this in this episode, we go back in time to find out Jocasta's backstory, which actually is 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 at least vaguely interesting. To be fair, it is filler. We don't need it really to push the whole story along, particularly as the whole murder thing is completely not in the whole thing anyway, really. But let's let's talk about it. So it turns out that after Culloden, uh, she was escaping with her husband and a daughter. They got stopped by the British and the daughter got murdered accidentally by her own husband because they got caught trying to steal French gold. So they've got a load of French gold that they that was made for Charles Stewart. They I mean, I know those it. guns are inaccurate, but crikey. Like, literally just shot his daughter point-blank range. And then was like, come on, we've got to go. They did, but I mean... But anyways, and then we find out that she's got a daughter who also got killed after the after the uprising. That's her backstory. Yes, so you do feel for her, and also all of her wealth is down to that gold that was stolen. And then it, I suppose, and also trying to set the scene for why she later on turns down Murta, who makes an appearance, and why she's she's marrying for security. Really, she doesn't want to get married to another. You know, some another ideal, somebody who's also fighting a fighting it could a be one war after another war after another war, and yeah, yeah. never there will will never not be a war to fight, and she just wants to have a bit of peace, quiet. Listen, I get it, I get it. So basically, the the, the back the the the, see, the background to this episode is the wedding of Jocasta to Duncan. The dullest I mean, man. We get to see Lady Jane Grey. We haven't really seen in this season, have we? No, I'm not really sure what Lady Jane Grey brought to the party. He's, every time we see him, he brings less and less. I'm expecting at least some kind of, I don't know, boyfriend action, but nothing. I think, you know, I think he doesn't appear in the book or, or really doesn't appear in the book. So they've, they've stuck him at the wedding so he makes an appearance. Well, but I it's a shame because, you know, he's a good, great character and I like Lady Jane, but... Um, well, no, I know, I like Lady Jane and I, I'd like to see more of him, but he's, he's not really around enough. Yeah, I think that's the trouble. There's quite a lot of the characters. You don't really see Fergus either. You know what I mean? Look, quite a big main characters you don't really see. Who's Fergus? The French son of Jamie's. Oh, with one hand. Oh, God. Yeah, he barely, I mean, he barely speaks. He's barely in it now, isn't he? 
I know. Look, anyway, let's let's zip over this. There's a wedding. So a uh, triumph there, the governor's there. I mean, this bit is boring again. And then Claire does something annoying. Oh, God. Claire always does something annoying, though. That's part of her personality. Right. So, look, let's just zip through this because I actually think I might kill myself. If I'm oh, there's that terrible guy. What's he called? Is it Philip Wiley, the fop with the, I, the powder? I, I don't even remember him from before. So when he turned up again and she was like, oh, it's him from such and such. I was like, who the hell is he? I don't even know who he is. Anyway, some sort of like fop with loads of makeup on his face. Um, who, has, who seems to have a, um, uh, like a thing for Claire. And you get the feeling like he's kind of been told to, to zoom in on her. I don't know whether that's true or not. And he, he, tries, to have a, he tries to have a go at Claire, doesn't he? In the, in the when, you say, when you mean tries to have a go at her, I mean, he tries to not have a go at her, but have a go on her. Yeah, basically, yeah. yeah. And she, obviously she's not having it. She pushes in some ignore. Um, look, Jamie look, arrives. Okay, so now this is, if we're going to do it like that, we may as well shut this podcast down. <laughs> if it's going to be Jamie arrives, Jamie walks away. Cassie, <laughs> I stop speaking. <laughs> then let's shut this down. I'm going to shut it down because we don't need it. Okay, all right, all right. Put some action in it. So anyway, Jamie arrives. And he threatens Philip. I mean, you just know. I mean, you... Let's give the context to it. So, so before you do that, look, you, you do this all the time, Maureen. You've skipped over it. So this, this stupid fop bloke tries it on with Claire. She's like, he's disgusting. Then he lets it slip that he knows Stephen Bonnet. And then uh, yes, that's Bonnet true. like a car bonnet, but not Stephen and Bonnet. She's like, bonnet. And then she starts suggesting that, to do the whiskey business with him, doesn't she? Because they want to, sort of, to try and meet up she Bonnet. Makes up some reason where she's going to flirt with this guy you know, if you give me this information and then maybe I could give you something in return. And you're like, well, he's going to make that demand pretty quick. And he did. He was like, yes, I would like something in return. And he jumps on it. She's like, how can you, how dare you? Where did you get that eye of impression? It's like, look, I mean, I'm not on this guy's side, but I thought that was exactly what you were saying. Oh, did you? I didn't get that. Oh, please. <laughs> she was all over him. I mean, like, I know, listen, this sounds terrible, but this guy is a predator. She was like, oh, I wonder what I could do in return. I'm sure we could think of something. So he's like, oh, you think of something? Of course he thinks it's a, like, she's lured him somewhere else, plied him with food. lured him. It was his suggestion to go to the stables. Okay, so she goes to the stables. She's drinking wine. She's making suggestions. She's being flirtatious. What I'm saying is it's not out of the realms of possibility that he was going, and he has made it quite clear that he wants to sleep with her. It's not out of the realms of possibility that he was going to jump her. I mean, I didn't feel like that came out of nowhere. Did you? Well, I mean, I'm not the right person to ask on these scenarios, am I really? No, Maureen. I mean, a guy could come up to you and whack his dick in your face and you'd be like, I'm not sure what he was trying to say. <laughs> okay, fine. Look, the guy is a complete scumbag, of course. But that said... Claire, once again, chooses to make some quite dodgy decisions there. And, and bearing in mind that Jamie is, not, Jamie is, at this point, he is in the middle of some deep conversation with the governor of Carolina about um, the... Oncoming war. I, I wasn't listening. Anyway, so that's boring. Claire's on her own. Claire is on her own. About to be sexually assaulted, molested, some maybe worse, probably not, because she can take care of herself from this horrible guy, right? 
literally, literally, the second this guy tries it on with her, Jamie's, Jamie's there. Like Mr. Ben. And you'd have to be a certain <laughs> age to get that reference. Like he literally <laughs> pops up out of nowhere. Oh, hello. There's Jamie. <laughs> How the flickety fuck did he know that she was even in the stables? <laughs> does he turn up he turns up just at the right time i mean like his timing is everything i mean i actually think he might have esp so what's <laughs> he got clear on the tracker and then of course there is a conversation about oh, well this bit is they have a little bit of um um tit and tat don't they chit chat yeah. where he says look you're a very um you know you're a very clever woman and you're a very remarkable woman but don't forget Claire. You still oh no, that's later. That's later when they shag. Well, doesn't he say it there? That's they shag in the stables. Yeah, but that's but they shag later in the stables. They don't shag then. Okay. I mean, what do they do then then? <laughs> I don't After know. He it, it cuts to lo it cuts to the biblical plague of locusts at uh, Oh at, yeah. At the ridge. But, but basically that happens straight up, <laughs> doesn't it? All right, fine. Okay, let's cut to the biblical plague of locusts. Maureen, you take over because I'm literally about to, um, my heart has <laughs> slowed down and I think I'm not going to So at the ridge, there's a, a biblical plague of locusts is coming and Roger's kind of meant to be in charge and the men are like, God, this is going to be a nightmare. And then he, he remembers, luckily remembers a children's story. I don't know what children's story is this, is that you can... Find, fend off locusts by setting up fires and smoking them away. Do you remember that children's story? Oh, yes. That well-known children's story? Yeah. So what often read, read to me before bedtime. <laughs> Mum, please read me the story about the plague of locusts. <laughs> All right, darling. <laughs> Actually, it's one to read the kids. I don't know why I haven't thought of it. So anyway, um, he, sets, he sets up all these would-be fires around the fields and everybody's going god this is going to be a nightmare this is not going to work and then what happens jen it works the locusts just go off to the field next door presumably <laughs> i mean they drag this bit out for ages because they talk about it then then brianna goes i'll help you then there's something about how they're going to do it and then nobody really believes and then there's loads of out there's loads of takes of women with sheets and there's we see loads of locusts and we're all like will it work will it work anyway it works boom <laughs> On forever. <laughs> will it won't it will it we all know it will it does at the end so and then back at back at river run murta makes a surprise appearance to jacasta and declares his love for her i actually thought this was quite a moving scene i quite like i it kind of made me quite teary jen did well, you have a sort no maureen i did not tear up i did not even vaguely tear up at this point i was like oh I mean, I feel sorry for Jocasta. You know, she talks about losing her daughter and that was really awful, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then she explains why she can't be with him. He, I mean, like, this is the day before her wedding and he's like, I'm, I know I'm night. of you. Wait for me. She's like, are you absolutely off your tits? Wait for you. What am I going to what, what, wait for you and then what, you don't turn up? Or if you do turn up, you just come bringing loads of chaos. Forget it, mate. But there's a bit of her that's like, I would definitely want to give you a last going over before we part. Uh, Murta basically, basically says, I will always love you. In a sort of Dolly Parton stroke. Really <laughs> um, 
It doesn't seem to be enough for Jocasta and they part ways, Maureen, in what can only be described as a moving moment. And if there was a moving moment in this episode, that was it. And, and then uh, talking about moving, <laughs> uh, for some reason, Claire walks into the stables again, as you do late at night, and then Jamie follows her. And that's when we have the scene where he goes, yeah, you are a great woman, but you're only a woman. And then but why did she I goes, that argument? I, I, again, I think I zoned out and I zoned back in when he said that. And I was like, oh, Jamie, you absolute prick. And then they have sex, don't they, as they always do? Yeah, I fast forwarded that bit. <laughs> did you really? Yeah, I just find it boring. I'm sorry. I genuinely find the sex scene dull. He's like, oh, Claire. And she's like, oh, Jamie. And he's like, oh, Claire. And I'm like, I get it. I get it. You like each other. <laughs> I don't really feel like this is pushing the story forward. <laughs> I would watch the sex scenes if there was some kind of storyline going on. But when there isn't, I'm like, let's just get this. Come on. Something's got to be happening. Anyway, don't we and see then Stephen Bonnet has a meeting with... Forbes, Duncan Forbes, I think it is. Duncan no, Forbes, it's not Forbes. Forbes, it's something, something. No, I think it is Forbes. No, it's not Forbes. His name's not Forbes. His name's something Billy Bonnet or something. No, that's his real name. Billy Board is his real name. That's oh. the actor's name. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't sound like a real name, if you ask me. It sounds like <laughs> But anyways, uh, they have a little meeting, so they're friends, and then you find out, I thought this was quite a clever thing, um, but he tells him that Jemmy is now the inheritor, oh, we forgot about this, that Jemmy is now the heir to River Run. Jocasta's named him as the River Run, and he goes, oh yes, by the way, that means that your son is going to be inheriting River Run. But then, how does he know that Jemmy, I know Stephen Bonnet knows, but how does he know? Because no one's going to be advertising the fact that Stephen, Jemmy could be Stephen Bonnet's son, is he? you assume that Stephen Bonnet has told him. Yeah, but I... I just don't know how that conversation came up. So I rate this girl. Um, you know, I just, I don't know. Anyway. So, yeah, that happened. Um, I mean... And then the last bit is the governor talking to Jamie, saying that, you know, the war's happening, basically. Yeah. I really don't think I was even listening to that bit. Um, I do like the guy who plays the uh, the governor. I think he's very good, Tim Downey. Look, I'm, this is no criticism with the actors. They're working with what they got. They haven't got enough. There's not enough there. The, the, the storyline is, 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 oh, God, it's just filler, filler, filler. And uh, I'm delighted to hear that episode seven is going to be an absolute corker. Um, but judging by what we've been working with so far, I just imagine something happens. Is that what you're trying to tell me? Something. Yeah, quite a bit happens. Something happens which will push the story forward. Yes. There's no episode eight this week, was there, Maureen? So episode eight will presumably happen on Sunday or Monday? Yeah, next Monday. So next week we will do episode seven and eight, and we will be pretty much up to speed, Maureen, for all oh, that's our, our desperate Outlander fans who are... <laughs> who have been really struggling through this, um, not just through the crisis, but through missing out on our regular ravings. Oh, God. <laughs> Do you know what? I think it's, it's a shame, because, you know, if you look at season one, there was so, so much storyline, so much plot, and so many great characters. And this one, it just seems to be all over the place. I just don't... I don't know whether it's, it's because of the book or the way they've, they've adapted it. It's just... I don't know. You don't get to see any of the characters that you actually know really well, and then you... You get all these other storylines and you get 
spent ages on characters you don't really know and then they disappear <clears> out the story anyway which seems a bit pointless um i don't know it's just a weird one isn't it yeah i agree with everything that you're saying and i feel like they should shut this down now well there's going they're going to do they've, they've agreed to season six but they haven't agreed to any more seasons you'll be okay, fine that's it so, let's just wrap it up now <laughs> wrap it up as much as you can wrap this show up wrap it up and then they all live happily ever after in the 18th century okay bye I mean, why so anyone would want to live in that time is beyond me. It just looks miserable and hard and, and just awful all round. And the very well, that's idea... why Jamie Fraser's got to be such a hunk, isn't it? Because he's, you know, yeah. you need a very good reason. I mean, I would need a very good reason just to go camping well, with somebody. I mean, if you've got a 48-year-old man that constantly looks like he's in early 30s, I suppose you can <laughs> stick around. Oh, you wait, wait till next week when he's, he's 50 and he's looking at his body to make sure to see if he's, um, you know, it's all in order looking at his naked body next week it's a bit like you know when claire when she was going to the doctor going, uh, joe abernathy going do you think i'm still an attractive woman and you're going uh yeah claire yeah, you are you are <laughs> you very much are claire please don't worry about that <laughs> so you've got jamie going oh you know just check check and stock you know now i'm 50 and you're like oh yeah let me just check my six time, mate. Still going <laughs> yeah looks fine jamie you can relax mate well, here we go. Just another exciting podcast, bringing joy and light, optimism and positivity to the people of Great Britain. You are welcome. And to anyone else who's stumbled across this nonsense, uh, we're thinking of you. We wish you very, we wish you well. Stay at home. Hashtag stay at home. Don't go out. <laughs> Don't go out. Stay in. And this Watch Outlander. Yeah. Why not catch up on five seasons of Outlander and then go back and listen to Droughtlander? I tell you, you've got the time now, so excuse. <laughs> Maureen, this has been a delight. Uh, it's been a delight, Jen. I will see you in October. <laughs> you won't. You're not going to see me till March next year, Maureen. <laughs> That's what you think. I'll be chapping at the window. <laughs> that has got very creepy very quickly yeah that has got weird actually i admit yeah. that it's being, alone. It's being okay. alone on my own that's what's that's what's doing it okay let's say goodbye maureen bye bye